Welcome to another edition of the Liga Mekis Preview, brought to you by the Mexican Soccer Show. I'm your host, Cesar Hernandez, and today we're going to discuss the beginning of a new era for Rayados, America versus Puebla, Chivas taking on León, and much more. And to help me out today is Patrick Meehan from BN Sports. Patrick, thanks for joining me today. Hey, how are you? Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I remember, I don't know if you remember though, but uh, a few years ago, I remember I sent you a DM like, I love your, your show, yeah. what you guys are doing. <laughs> so I'm happy to be here finally. Uh, you know, um, I, I normally talk about the Liga MX in, in, in Spanish, talk about Rayados in English, but it's good to, to talk about uh, this league we love so much in English. Yeah, man, I do remember that DM. That was that a few years back. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that was a few years ago, but, but yeah, but Patrick, you know, you know, he uh, does some behind the scenes work for BN Sports during the day, but by night, he's definitely a big fan of Rayados. If you uh, follow him uh, on Twitter, which is at uh, actually we usually I when I close out the show, I you know I tell people or I tell the guests like oh you know tell the people where you can find them but i mean might as well like say it right now just because if we're talking about like you and you're you know, tweeting about rayados and whatnot through rayados 90 but it's at tsunami picks correct yeah tsunami picks yeah and um and the rayados 90 podcast uh it's eddie raso who handles it mostly um but yeah we we help each other out with that one but yeah to follow my personal one tsunami picks yeah, you could definitely see some Rayados content there. And of course, yeah, with the, your stuff with uh, Rayados 90, you know, excellent stuff that you guys do there. And all, and through the Twitter account as well, um, just because like sometimes there have been, well, last season, especially when it was like uh, when we were getting to like the end of the regular season. And I was thinking, it's like, oh, I feel like I missed that opportunity. I feel like I missed that chance. And like, I'm like, oh, I know if I go to Rayados 90, they might have a gif. Like, yeah, like yeah. up there. <laughs> well, Eddie, Eddie, I don't know how he does it, but he almost gets it before it even happens up there. So, yeah, whenever you, whenever I'm not watching a Real's match, like, live, I, I, I just hop in the, the Real 90 Twitter timeline, catch it all, and then watch the game later. But, yeah, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for the shout-out because we, we love what we're doing there with Real's 90. Obviously, yeah. it's a, a team that's growing uh, in Mexico. And, um you know, uh, happy to happy for people to join the the little fan base we got over there. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. And before we talk about you know Rayados and their upcoming game against Pumas, I, I do usually like to you know kick off the show with uh, a few questions for our guests. So we've got a few questions here for Patrick. Uh, and Patrick, if you're ready, I've got uh, three questions to ask you about Rayados. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. All right, ready? here's number one. All right, so imagine that you're Aguirre. Your bosses tell you that Monterrey had been hit by a severe financial crisis and you're going to have to rebuild the team, but you can only keep three current players. Mm. If you could only keep three current Rialdos players, who would they be? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, number one, number I got two that I 100% uh, keep, and that's in the back line. That's Stefan Medina and that's Sebastian yeah. Vegas. That's those two are a given. I mean, I think uh, you know the level they have. Their national team players in in Conmebol, they're 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 doing just fine with Rayados. Obviously, uh, they're still young. They can still grow. So yeah, I'm very happy with them there in the team. And then the third one, I mean, I would like for Funes Mori to stay because he mm -hmm. can like grow his legend here. You know, break Swaso's record, uh, keep mm -hmm. growing, keep winning titles and whatnot. But um, I don't know. I guess. 
I guess in the more sentimental, um, in, yeah, the more sentimental fan of mine wants to be selfish and keep Charlie Rodriguez and make and ah. one and one for him to grow and 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 be the player that he that he potentially can be, you know. And and I want to see that become a reality. And obviously, I mean, I'm selfish. I want him to to stay in Rayados, but. And if if this is not the scenario, I want him to go to Europe. But in this scenario, I'll I'll keep him. All right, I like it. All right, so let's now move on to number two. Do you believe that there is a Rayados player that isn't given enough credit by fans and media? And if so, who is it? Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Um, I think you can definitely have a few of them. Um, I'll I'll give I'll give a couple of examples. I think Hugo Gonzalez, for example. Mm-hmm. It's a great goalkeeper, but you know he's failed in 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 big moments, and and that's why people discredit his whole career with the team, in, instead of seeing like no, he's been actually really good. Like this past season, he was perfectly fine. He he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league, but you know he, yeah, he made a few mistakes. That's one of them. That's um that that gets that um not the not the like um the credit he deserves, mm-hmm. and and then there's. Um, Dorlan Pavon, who's also one of the yeah. the players who creates the most chances, and not just the team, but in the league, he's one of the top assisters in the league. Um, he creates a lot of chances for the team, and uh, people love to hate on him. I guess because of the 100 chances he creates, 90 of them don't do anything, but <laughs> you know, 10 can become really dangerous. So. I think it's between those two, but uh, I'll go with Dorlan Pavon just because he's more of a he's he's a he's more of a legend in Rayados. Mm-hmm. He's won it all here, and and people still don't see him as 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 high as he who I think uh, should be seen as. All right, moving on to number three. So after we saw an early exit in the playoffs last season, what do you think is the minimum goal? that Monterrey must accomplish in this new tournament with Aguirre? Like, what, what do you think is a minimum goal that they must accomplish? Um, I think the minimal goal is top four during the regular season, and then mm-hmm. that that means they're going on to the postseason and at least semifinals. I mean, um, this is a team that should should at least be in the semifinals every single semester. The, the talent mm-hmm. is there. Now, you know, if you don't win a semifinal, if you don't win a final, I think that's a normal thing to happen. Like, you're not supposed to win every single game. You're not so, supposed to, to win every single year. So if if we're up there and we're competing, I'm totally fine. And that's, I think, what the team should be doing uh, with the talent it has. And, and, and now with, I think, a good coach. And, and yeah, so that's that's where I'm at, semifinals at least. No, oh, definitely a great coach. I think some people would say he's a he's a fantastic coach. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah. some, some League of Vikings teams are I think are quite quite jealous <laughs> that Aguirre made the leap over there to Rayados. But nonetheless, let's let's look ahead to this week and let's talk about Rayados versus Pumas. That'll be this Saturday night. And Patrick, I gotta ask: Are you feeling confident ahead of this match, or do you think that? You know, maybe Pumas could give you some trouble because you know, yeah, I, I feels like to me, I think both teams are still kind of in preseason mode, but there's there's some interesting talent there sitting with it, Pumas's uh, squad. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, you know, Rayados showed against Puebla that they were still fighting that uh, little mini pandemic that they had in the team. You know, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. everybody was out, uh, a lot of people couldn't train for a few days, um, and just that whole stoppage 
of training and of playing, of course. So I think that definitely took a part in that Puebla draw. I, th- I didn't think they played bad at Rayados. I just think, you know, there was stuff missing, um, and, which I, I thought it was going to happen because of that. So um, if Rayados can take that little momentum that they finally now have which with the game they played against Puebla and take it to Pumas, I think we'll be perfectly fine. I mean, I think Pumas, like you said, is still in a bit of preseason mode, but I don't think they have that... Uh, that individual talent to put a game, uh, to win a game or to, to change or to be that differential, especially, I mean, they can do it against the lower placed team, but maybe against Rayo's not because we still got our, our goal in, with zero goals, Hugo Gonzalez, that whole back line is mm-hmm. national team talent. Um, I think the midfield uh, was the one that suffered the most against Puebla, which now in theory against Pumas, it will be complete again. So. I'm pretty confident that Rayos would come out with the win and and even with the with the clean sheet. Yeah, because that's what's interesting to me about you know Rayos is that when you look at other Liga Mekis teams and you think and you have the conversation of you know maybe this team isn't playing at their best or that team isn't playing at their best, and I think for a lot of fans of Monterrey they look at the team and think, well, you know this team is capable of more. They could do more. Like you said, you know in that last game, you know, the midfield wasn't exactly at its best, you know, but even, even though you're having that conversation, you look at their results and you see, they still haven't allowed a goal. They're still undefeated. They still have two wins and a draw. I know once again, they're definitely capable of more, you know, that, that, that win over Atlas wasn't exactly extremely impressive. Maybe they should have done a little bit better against Puebla. You know, they got that narrow one over Benica, but still like, it's it's interesting to me that we're saying, and I said it myself right there, that they're in preseason mode, that they aren't playing at their best, but still they're undefeated. That's that's not too bad of a position to be in, you know. No, I I totally agree with you because I think that's that's the part where where Monterrey fans, including me, we think we're privileged and we yeah we kind of forget that the fact that where this team used to be and now what we have now because now in our little preseason mode with a little bit of a and an outbreak of coronavirus case in in the team we still we'll still we're still unbeaten and we still have a lot of talent and we still can improve a lot more so i think that's the privilege for monterey fans and i think we all take it for granted uh yeah. th- that that exact thing so um i i i i'm confident that this team can build so much more i mean javier aguirre even said it himself from day one against the atlas we can do so much more and i and i agree with you so or with with aguirre but with you as well with with what you said so so yeah i mean I, we take it for granted we i think we it's good that we don't forget where we used to be a few years ago but uh this team this is our reality so we gotta perform now and for this season now so so yeah um uh, i'm expecting that exactly against Pumas. well i don't I don't want to, you know, sit here and just praise Monterrey, you know, for twenty four seven. Because and I was trying to think of some negatives. I'm like, all right, all right, like what, what are some negatives? Or what are some things that when, if you're a Pumas fan, that you're looking about this and Rayados and thinking like, all right, this is something that needs to be fixed from Monterrey. This is something that we can capitalize on. And I thought of a couple of things. Well, the first one, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the midfield. I mean, maybe that's not exactly the the most ideal uh, midfield setup, even though in that last game, even though I'm a big fan of Jonathan Gonzalez, and I think, you know, still has a lot to develop at the same time that was his first start in almost a full year. So I thought that that was something you could kind of bring up. But another thing too, maybe I'm I'm nitpicking here, but I mean, Rokeli Funes Mori has scored all three goals and two have come from penalties. 
and I'm thinking like, is that a worry? Is or is it too early in the season to be making worries about judgments like that? Just like, oh, you know, two penalty goals, you know, and three goals, and that all they've all come from Fudis. Well, do do you do you worry about that, or do you think it's too early in the season? Um, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I think it's too early. I think, uh, well, Jansen, for example, you know, he he's a he's a right. guy that we don't have. Um, so there's definitely a little bit of a worry in the goal scoring department or or chances created because I think um, we what we have right now we should be creating way more and we still got the same problem that we used to have with Mohamed and even with Diego Alonso which which is we create a lot of chances we just don't finish mm -hmm. them. It's mm -hmm. incredible how much Rayos has suffered with that, where they're a goal up on, on the on the rival, they go back to defend that goal, and they get scored on, and the game ends up being a draw. So at least the defensive part looks fine. The offensive part looks still, you know, they're lacking they're lacking just finishing. And um, I think that's that's the part where Pumas can still breathe. I think mm -hmm. Rayos uh, won't perf won't be perfect against Pumas, obviously, but. While we are creating chances, uh, we're confident, but we just get a lot of we just get a lot of uh, we get frustrated when we're not finishing chances. So I think that's that's the most important part. And like you said, the midfield, if if Pumas can find a way to control it to win the midfield, I think they'll 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 also be fine in creating chances because um, there's a huge disconnect I think between the attack and and defensive side of of Rayos. Yeah, and for Pumas, it's it's interesting because. I mean, it's 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 a young roster. So because it's a young roster, you're going to have some inconsistent performances. You know, we saw that, you know, that young roster at their best, they're capable of getting a 3 nothing win and that they're also capable of, of struggling at the same time. But I don't know, I, I feel like, at, you know, at their best, you have a lot of exciting up-and-coming names within this team. You have Johan Vasquez, you know, Montejano, Carlos Gutierrez, and a handful of others that could eventually be playing at an elite level within Liga Mekis. You could even make the argument, I mean, obviously that Johan Vasquez might have been playing at a very high level within yeah. uh, Liga Mekis. So I think that that is potentially a worry for, for Rayados uh, in this game. But that said, I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that Pumas could potentially get the win here. If anything, to be honest, I'm actually thinking it could potentially be a tie because I'm, I, I have faith in a lot of those young players. And I think maybe it's time for them to kind of like bounce back after... What is it? I mean, they've, they've they've struggled after that. I mean, after that three nothing win over Mazatlan, they haven't really done much. But I'm not saying that they're also going to get a win either, because I mean, their their attack isn't 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 as dangerous without the Neno. You have a lot of responsibility for Montejano now, and we'll see if newcomer um, Gabriel Torres is given given minutes. He's already registered within Liga Meki, so I, I I see Pumas maybe struggling in the attack, but. I know we'll, we'll we'll see about this one. But your, your thoughts on Pumas? Yeah, I totally agree with you. There's another guy that that I love how he plays, and I think when he gets connected with the game and when he finds his spaces, he can be super dangerous. And that's Facundo Waller. Yeah, um, yeah. I lo I love that talent, and 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 um, I you know he's still young. He's still gotta perf perfect himself. He's still finding out uh, who his you know best teammates are because that that whole front. Um, attack for Pumas has changed a lot during this last few months. I mean, Carlos mm -hmm. Gonzalez is gone. Right. Like you said, Dineno's not there. There's probably a new player in Gabriel Torres going up there. Carlos Gutierrez is now also probably going to be the starter. So a lot has changed for him, and he hasn't really, I think, found the rhythm 
that he deserves to to explode his talent. So, you know, he but he can turn it on at any time. I think he's a pretty pretty talented player. So that's a that's a guy that I'm keeping an eye out for sure. All right. All right, well, I'm going to go with the draw, but you're sticking with a win for Rails. I guess you kind of have you kind of have to, right? You're... <laughs> I mean, I'm not the most optimistic Rails fan, but I, okay. I for for this one, I do see a win. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe Javier Aguirre has me being optimistic this season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. I think I, I'm very very looking forward to see how he does in Liga Mekis. We're back in Liga Mekis after you know the two decade long break that he's had uh, going abroad, but. Uh, let's look ahead to uh, the next game, which will be America versus Puebla. That'll be uh, on Saturday night as well. Um, so, you know, speaking of another new manager that has stepped into Liga Mekis, uh, you know, Patrick, do you think Solari can finally get, and not just, I'm not saying a win because obviously, you know, he's, he's, you know, gotten that win so far with America, but do you think that maybe this game against Puebla, it, he could finally get a convincing and statement making making win here against Puebla or maybe Puebla will give him some trouble what, what, what are your thoughts on this one yeah it's gonna be a good one I think Puebla I like Puebla I like what he like yeah. what uh, their new coach is doing like come on um yeah. and Solari I mean I'm I'm definitely a, like a patient fan mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with or I mean I'm not a fan of America but I'm just a patient guy with projects I like to see projects develop I like to see the coach actually get his 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 foot on it and, and and on his team get new players like like Fidalgo who's coming in yeah. I love that I absolutely love that so um so yeah it's just it's I mean they're just starting as well especially Solari who's, who doesn't know anybody in Liga MX <laughs> in, 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 but you see Aguirre obviously does um even if it's for from a while ago but but yeah I mean I see I see America still being a good team they got talented players I just don't see him still being like a machine that America should be and I think Puebla can definitely be a complicated rival I don't know if I see America winning I do see a close game I think uh Larcamon, like I said is is doing a fantastic job with with the few talent he has so um I don't know I could see I could definitely see a win happen I mean a draw happening here Yeah I I think it all depends on who's available for America because if the reports I mean because there's reports saying that you know Richard Sanchez could be back Guillermo Ochoa could be back Benedetti maybe even Pedro Aquino could, could return but obviously it's still up in the air so I think if you at least have a few of those then maybe that could be enough to really really push America to get a win but if not you know maybe maybe America could struggle against Larcamon because we've seen what Larcamon is doing which is you know, what I think um, many of us would do with Puebla, which is just looking at the roster, looking at the opposition and thinking, you know what? We're going to get some low scoring results. We're going to have a five man back line. We're OK yeah. with giving up possession. We're OK with sitting back a, a little bit here. And they're really good defensively. You know, I, I think they've done well defensively. Attacking wise, Puebla haven't really offered much. But so, so I, I don't think we'll be getting a surprise win here. But if, if America is still missing a number of key players, Maybe if Hidalgo isn't ready to make his debut either, then then there is a chance for Puebla. But I'm, I don't know. I, I think I think for me though, I think as long as you have a Richard Sanchez back, even if it's just Richard Sanchez, even if it's just Pedro Aquino, maybe it's Fidalgo. Maybe I'm buying into the hype a little too much about Fidalgo because I'm like looking at like his Wikipedia page and looking at YouTube videos. <laughs> I don't want. I mean, and I don't want to overhype him, but I am excited to see him just because when you look at his resume. I mean, he's has experience with Spain's youth national team. He was developed under, you know, in Real Madrid. He's still only twenty three. He could, 
uh, he could maybe make an impact against a side like Puebla. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, he's registered. I think he can be ready to go. I, I yeah. Like you said, as a young player, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure physically he's fine. Uh, so Lari trusts him. And Fidalgo, uh, if, I mean, I guess if you're a player and, and your coach trusts you, you go in uh, feeling 100%. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I guess that's how you might feel. But um, I, I do totally agree with you. I think he can be a game changer if he, if he you know, comes in and, and and shows that because what from what i read from what i've seen from what i've heard um he he's that type of player so it, it, it's another attacking attacking player for for solari for america should be fine they'll find a role for him they'll find the role for every player i think solari's a good coach i think he'll find his his style his his way and um uh, this season they'll be competing for, for for the final or not for the final but in the Liguilla you know so I think they, they should definitely be fine but um, you gotta start maybe playing well now I mean it's gonna be the fifth week now in, in the tournament so so yeah yeah I think I think around week five week six is when we have to stop using the preseason excuse because <laughs> that's because that's what I've been I mean we were just talking about it with you know Monterey Bubas you know we're just like yeah I don't preseason mode i think america understandably they've been kind of preseason mode you could say that about like you know new managers and new teams but after a few weeks i think that yeah you can't really use that excuse anymore and you really need to start seeing america step up because they i mean and, and obviously they haven't they you know they've, they've had some issues you know, when it comes to players not missing so maybe it's been difficult for them to to really really be at their best but and I, I think they've been soon enough that they'll have a little bit more time to gel and for you know the best players to be playing you know at, at the very top. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And and yeah, I mean I don't like I said I don't want to overhype him, but I am genuinely excited to see Fidalgo. So hopefully hopefully he gets minutes this weekend, and we'll see uh, we'll see how they, he does against Puebla if he's given an opportunity. But it sounds like uh, you were thinking about a tie for this one because I'm I'm, gonna, I'm aiming for an America win, but you're thinking of a tie here, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think Puebla can can get the you know the ball rolling. They're they tied against Monterrey. Maybe they feel confident. And like you said, they don't need they don't even need an attack. Like and they don't care about not having an attack. Like <laughs> yeah. to put to put an example, just last game about against uh, Monterrey, they put out Ormeño. They didn't have a forward. I mean, they had somebody, some people in it in the most in the at the most front of the team. I guess you can say. Like in the like closer to the goalkeeper, but he wasn't a forward, so they don't ca they don't care if, if that happens. And I think uh, I don't know. I I am just I'm I'm buying into the hype of Larcamon. Maybe that's that's what it is. But I think they can draw. Yeah, no, I think we've been. I think when you look at most of the formations of Pueblo, it's definitely looking like a five four one. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they're not. They don't. They don't have any issues with sitting back and being defensive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's knowing your 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 talent and knowing yeah. how you can most you know optimize your players to to do to get the best results all right now let's look over towards uh the next big match of the weekend and i'm saying weekend even though this is going to be on monday night i was thinking about talking about another game but we, we have to talk about leon versus chivas uh you know like i said it's, it's gonna be on monday night so apologies if there are any significant changes between uh time of recording and the start of the game because we're recording right now on a thursday afternoon but Patrick, your thoughts on this one? You think uh, Chivas are going to get the first win of the season, or they're going to have to wait another week? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen anything from Chivas that that can convince me. I think this could be maybe the 
the final match for for Busetich as well in at the yeah. front of them I, I I don't know I don't know uh I don't think Chivas can can surprise us but you never know uh Leon hasn't really looked at, like Leon um like they were last season but at the end of the day they're 100% a better coach team they're 100% our more, more talented team so uh, I'm going with Leon I'm siding with Leon on this one uh, and and you know, sad for me because I'm a Real fan seeing Busetich struggle, but I just don't see it. I just don't see the players, the Chivas players, buying into Busetich right now. I think you saying like me asking you about Chivas and you saying I don't know, and then letting out a sigh. I think that's a pretty good summary for for Chivas <laughs> so far this season. Just I don't know, and then just kind of <laughs> I think that's definitely a good summary for them, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about this with, you know, with Carlos Eustis on, on uh, in our last episode. And, of course, he's, you know, commentates on Chivas. He keeps a close eye on them. And I was telling you, like, you know, I thought that maybe they were building something. And I was, and maybe I was reading too much into some of the numbers and thinking that there was something promising there. But, I mean, you can't argue against no wins. It's obviously not good. I mean, just it, – it's been – I mean, I'm not going to say – and I and, – uh, and I mentioned the last pod too, there was like, I forgot which newspaper had a, had like a, an image of their logo and it was in black and white. And it was like a rough, roughly translated. It was like, it was like a fatal start. It was like, it looked like some sort of like weird drama movie, but it's just, it's just not good enough. And the only silver lining I could get from them, the only silver lining I could really think of is that JJ Macias is scoring, you know, but even if JJ Macias you know, has another good game, I just don't know if Chivas's defense can hold off Leon. There are no guarantees, and Gudinho hasn't exactly had the best start to the season either. So it's, and, and I know you were saying about Leon haven't exactly looked at their best, and, and I agree, but they did kind of click in the recent three to one win over San Luis. I mean, uh, Dabila, you know, Menezes, they 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 both found the back of the net, and I mean, it's a simple idea, but maybe all they needed was a break. You know, maybe that's after after winning the title, they just needed a little bit more of a break because. You know, I, I felt like they look a little more revived in this game, and, and and we're still waiting to see you know the vintage Luis Montes from last season, and maybe he'll be ready as well. But yeah, it's it's tough for Chivas, and yeah, I I, I definitely see uh, I, I definitely see this as another win for for Leon. Yeah, because I mean, Busetich had, you know, had I think he has had some time with the team. He's had mm-hmm. most right. of the same players, like no 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 signings, no. Uh, or they've been like uh, uh, La Chofi's left, but the, yeah. you know he wasn't really part of the whole rotation. Yeah. And 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 you know it just hasn't clicked. I mean they've had their moments of brilliance, they've had their moments where they look good, but it just all imploded. Seems like uh, this past off season because this season just can't get started. And even and even last season when they, uh, they I remember they defeated Monterrey, then they went into the Liguilla like in a high note. They obviously eliminated um, America, and um, you know everything looked fine. But the reality was that the team wasn't really being like a, a super well coached team. They 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 just didn't seem like uh, it was a solid team. It was more like like I I think um, <laughs> I think their players described it better. Just see the opportunity, and and I don't remember how how they say it, but a chingazos or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, and now I see some reports about Macias and kind of giving shade to to Pollo Briseño. I don't know. It seems like the the 
the locker room, the, the coaching staff, everything is a little bit separated. So that's why it, it, they just don't, they just don't uh, give me any hope of, of any chance of, especially now against Leon, of winning. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed, agreed. So keep an eye on that one on Monday night. Uh, Patrick, any any thoughts on other Liga Mekis games for this weekend? So really quickly, you know, we're going to have, uh, I mean, you know, by the time you listen to this, these games might already be over. But on Thursday, you have San Luis versus Cholos. Uh, you also have Querétaro versus uh, Pachuca on Thursday night. But then looking ahead to Friday, we have Ecaxa versus Cruz Azul. Saturday, we have Atlas versus Santos. And then Sunday, there's uh, Toluca versus Mazatlan. What stands out to you from those? Well, yeah, I think Necaxa, Cruz Azul, obviously Cruz Azul. Uh, maybe they're they're starting to 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 get somewhere with Reynoso, so it it'll be definitely interesting to see if they can pick up the their their good um, moments they had last year. Uh, Atlas Santos, uh, Atlas. I mean, if they could if they could do something, maybe even score a goal against. <laughs> if, if if they can score a goal, just, exactly. <laughs> like, not even not even saying if they can play well, if they can get a draw. You're like you're like can Santo or can Atlas can Atlas score a goal? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what they've shown us this season. It's it's a yeah. complicated one for them. Uh, it was it, it's a lot of bad luck that Furch got yeah you know injured because obviously he was the promising sign over there. But yeah, I mean. Against Santos, who who is always very a complicated rival, um, I don't know. I'll I'll see. I see it as a tough game for Atlas. And then Toluca Mazatlan. Um, looking at looking at um, well at the table, you know Toluca is at third place. Um, yeah. You know they 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 might have something there. I don't I I don't I maybe don't see it yet. But Mazatlan is not that far off either. So it's gonna be a good game of of of. Um, of you know fighting for spots because these are the points with the with that that maybe later when 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 Aliguilla comes around that hey you know why is this team uh, at one point or two points ahead of me and this is because this game's in the beginning of the season so this Toluca Mazatlan game is going to be crucial for later on and I think it, it'll be an interesting and and entertaining one for for us viewers. Agreed, agreed. And in case uh, you're listening to, uh, to this and the Thursday night games have yet to start, uh, my really quick thoughts on San Luis versus Cholos. Uh, we'll got to keep an eye on Cholos because, I mean, they were coming off of one of their best ever first half performances in that 3-2 to two win over Toluca. Like, it was genuinely, like, almost astounding to me. Like, I don't, I, I've been following them and, like, basically watching every single game uh, that they've had since, like, 2016. And I don't think I've, ever seen a first half performance like that one against the Luca. So looks like things are maybe starting to click there for under Pablo Guede. Um, and then for Querétaro versus Pachuca, I mean, Pachuca, I mean, they just, they really need to start collecting points here. And I know, I know the top 12 go through the playoffs and you just need a, you know, a few wins and, you know, Maro Quiroga himself, I know I hype him up, but maybe, you know, he, he's capable of, you know, getting just a few wins, but, I mean, they really need to get some points, and maybe they can capitalize on a on a Querétaro that you know might be lacking a little bit of confidence after losing four to one to Cruz Azul. So yeah. something to keep an eye on uh, on Thursday night as well. Yeah, I, and Querétaro is a team that I think, uh, 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 same as Puebla, you know, where they don't have the best talent in the world, but a coach that really trusts his team and knows their their limitations and and can i think can can coach the team to to rescue some points like puebla did against monterrey and like puebla i think will do against america so it'll be a good one because like you said but you also need to get it going and, and start mm -hmm. getting points so I, i'm looking forward uh to that one as well 
All right, so now let's head over to the fan questions to close out the show. We've got a few questions here today from Flaco Ariano, who is at Nick Ariano, and also Sal Hurtado, who is at Sal Hurtado. So thanks to both of you. Uh, we got about yeah five questions here, so we're going to start off with number one. It says, is there something special happening with Tijuana? Um, I'll, I'll start off with this one just because I've been keeping an eye on Cholos. Um, uh, I don't know if he's talking about Cholos or Tijuana, because if he's just talking about Tijuana, then yes, obviously the tacos. <laughs> if, if he's talking about Cholos, I mean, I think in all seriousness, I think, I think maybe. I mean, we we all know Gede needed some time to implement his style, and most importantly, he recently brought in some players that he seemed to want, as opposed to you know, you sometimes hear whispers about Cholos getting players that you know those at the top one and not exactly the new manager want. But it seems like with Jara, with Sornosa, with Favez, it seems like these are really, really players that kind of understand what Gede is trying to accomplish. And I think that they've been pretty crucial to them, especially Sornosa and, and Jara. And also, it doesn't help to have Jonathan Orozco, you know, being in an incredible form in net. And I know he made that mistake in the last game, but if you take that away... I, I would honestly make the argument that he's been one of the top goalkeepers so far this league in Mackey season, if not the top goalkeeper. So I think things are starting to move in the right direction. So maybe there is something special happening there. Maybe it's a little bit of luck, but I think it's definitely looking looking good for 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 Sholo so far. Yeah, I think it's a project that needed was always going to need time. I, there was <laughs> a whole revamp of, of of players, of coaching staff, of everything. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I I wasn't expecting this this Sholos uh, team to be absolutely perfect and great from the beginning, but uh, yeah, I think there there could definitely be something special coming up this season. Now mm-hmm. after a few a few months of of them being together, so um, I I uh, I'm I'm always trying to keep an eye out on 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 Cholos, on Santos, on the on the teams that that are not. The typical ones that are up there that could really give us some some trouble, uh, so and Cholos I think could be a, a one to look out for this season for sure. Agreed, agreed. So here's number two, question number two. And I'll go to you on this one, uh, Patrick. So, uh, uh, Flaco Arellano asks, how patient do America fans have to be with Solari? Well, like I was saying before, I think patient, very patient. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that you know expect to to be eliminated in the quarterfinals or not make the Liguilla. Obviously, America is going to fight in the Liguilla. And America is going to be competitive in the Liguilla because they have a talented team. Uh, simple as that. And then if Solari can can get this season, his hand on the team and, and do something different, then, you know, maybe they can even win it all. It, it's, it's not that complicated when you have a lot of talent like America, and then maybe Fidalgo does his thing and and instantly becomes a, a hit, you know, with with America, then then even more dangerous. But um, I think the most important part is do not go crazy if you don't win the championship this mm-hmm. season, because uh, Solari does not know anything about uh, about coaching in Liga MX, and and even less about the actual Liga MX. I mean, yeah, he was here for a few. A few years ago, for 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 a few for a few moments, but you know, it's it's a whole different scene. It's a whole different everything. He's coaching America now, and um, it's gonna be tough for him. But I think he'll be fine. And I think you have to be patient. 
Yeah, and I think they can't take a manager like him for granted. I mean, to have someone with his experience that could bring in new ideas, because I just I think sometimes this league, especially managerial wise, just is desperate need of new ideas. Someone that is also capable of bringing in a real Madrid Real Madrid Academy product on loan, you know, within a matter of weeks. I think that's unique within the exactly. league of world. So I think give them time, give them at least a year, give them two full seasons. But I, th- I think they definitely have to be uh, very patient with him. Uh, that was uh, that was the other thing I was gonna add that mm-hmm. you know he can bring it bring in those type yes, of signings yeah. where they're gonna be cheap and they might be very good for the team. So I absolutely love that. All right, so here's the next question: Is the Cruz Azul squad starting to buy into Reynoso? What do you think, Patrick? Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think this was also a project that that was gonna be a complicated one for mm-hmm. any coach in the world that took it because they come from. I don't know how even to to call it what they come from. You know, it was just a devastating loss against Pumas. Yeah. <laughs> and, devastating uh, might be an understatement. It's just I know. like heartbreaking. Just like oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it was like uh before and after, like for I don't know. It was just a crazy moment, and then obviously LAFC eliminating them from the Conca Champions, a fight with the coach, with the executives, with everybody. Uh, and now with Jonathan Rodriguez and his party, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. was just a complicated, some complicated moments for Cruz Azul. So imagine coaching through that for Reynoso. It's obviously even more complicated. Uh, so I'm not sure if it's buying into Reynoso or just everything calming down a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. But um, obviously, this is also a coach and a project that needs. They needs time incredibly for Cruz Azul needing time. They're like, no, please, no more. But it's just <laughs> what happened last time, last semester, uh, you need some time. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, when I was writing down my answer to this, that my immediate response was, I'm not sure. Because <laughs> you know, because <laughs> reports are true. I mean, Cavacita wasn't exactly happy being at Cruz Azul recently. Apparently, he was reportedly looking for a move to China. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, and apparently there are rumors that like maybe the, the squad wasn't exact, uh, other members of the squad weren't happy either. So yeah, maybe like you said, uh, maybe it's more so of just things calming down. You know, maybe it's it was a mixture of things calming down. Gavacita clearly stepping up, maybe having a couple of players like Aldrete and Orbelin, you know, stepping up as well. So, yeah, I, like you said, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And maybe it's just things have, you know, relaxed a bit. But maybe, maybe it is Reynoso, maybe it isn't. But, yeah, I, I think it's still too early uh, to tell here. Yeah, but it's definitely a project that uh, that can work. I mean, there's talent in, in mm-hmm. the players and the and Reynoso is also a very talented coach. I mean, seeing what he did with Puebla last semester, mm-hmm. it's no easy job, and he did it. And now imagine him with better, ta- or ta- more talented players, like like what you get in Cruz Azul. I think there's definitely a must-watch, and most um, most definitely they can do do damage. All right, let's move on to the next question. It says, assuming recording is after Tigres' win, how are we feeling about their matchup in the semis of the Club World Cup? Patrick, your thoughts? I know, I know, I know. Is this so? How are, actually before you answer this question, how do you feel in general, uh, like wa- watching you know Thigidis in the Club World Cup as a as a Rayados fan? Is it like, are you a little like spiteful? Are you like, are you interested? Do you not really care? Like, how do you feel as as, as a fan like watching them? No, no, I I do care. I I. I... 
I think Eddie with the Rayos 90 podcast account, Twitter account, he, he summed it up perfectly. Like you want the Mexican teams to succeed internationally, but it's also Tigres. <laughs> so imagine them going into the club work of final and, and, and the bragging <laughs> rights and all that stuff. So that, that would be unbearable. But at the same time, I'm not, I'm not the, the fan that all that just hates everything about the rival. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. that type of fan and, and I don't mind being, not being that type of fan because at the end of the day, I think you, you enjoy both sides of it. I enjoy the banter. I enjoy all that things, the things that happen, but I'm not, wishing them the worst i i think when your biggest rival is better and better and every time they get better then you as a team you try to strive for that yeah. same level yeah. so i don't mind it at all uh Rayaus's executives and board uh, seeing tigres in the club world cup will want to go back to the club world cup and that rivalry will keep on growing so i'm all for it i obviously do not want them to win i obviously all that but <laughs> um I think what happened today against Ulsan Hyundai, I mean, Guignac is a beast. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no problem saying that. And uh, they look good. I mean, they look like Tigres. <laughs> They're not the <laughs> most flashiest team in the world, but, you know, they win. And uh, so, yeah, excited for that Palmeiras match. I think it's going to be super close. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting, too, because Ember was, like, watching, and maybe I was just, like, a little, like, half awake. I'm like, ah, like they just—they're too ponderous. They're too like, you know, you know, patient with the ball. They aren't playing with enough intensity. And then I was like, wait, that's just Stuka ball. Like, what am I? What else am I expecting? Like, this isn't a surprise, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, I wasn't really surprised by their by what was happening in the style of play. But like you said, it's just like when you have someone like Gignac who could be such a game changer, just within a, a matter of minutes, you know, he really, really turned that game on its head. So. Like you said, I, I I'm expecting a close game. I'm not gonna pretend as if I'm a Palmeiras expert, you know. I'm like I'm not, but I but I do think that I think we can safely assume. That I think they just need to play at a little bit of a higher level if if they want to if they want to beat a Libertadores winner. But yeah, like you said, I, I'm expecting it to be close. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not like I said, I'm not an expert about about Palmeiras side. I can't really dive into just like what I think their tactics are and how it can match up with Tigres. You know, I you know, maybe I'll you know do some more research about that side, but. I still think Thigas need to do just just a little bit better, just because like I feel like there were a handful of moments that Olson could have really turned that game on its head as well. I mean, they scored a goal last which was just like I don't know, just like like half foot, maybe a quarter of an inch, you know, offside that could have like completely altered the uh, the direction of of the game as well. So I I think Thigas they were okay, but I still think they need to improve just a little bit. Yeah, I do. I, I totally agree with you. I think, especially when when this type of tournaments happen, where you know, when is Tigres gonna face uh, Ulsan Hyundai? When is Tigres gonna face yeah, yeah. Uh, a Brazilian side? If it, you know, now that we don't have the Libertadores, so both teams come into like exp- knowing kind of what type of football to expect from the other side. But at the end of the day, when they start playing everything changes because you're not you're not used to them you're not used to that type of player you're not used to that type of style you, you know both teams come from from playing against their regulars and now they play they play against a complete opposite or a complete stranger of a team and, mm-hmm. and you know you kind of have to work on, on on getting better during the game which is obviously more complicated so i think that's what tigres did this game they started bad and then they ended up being 
Tucas Tigres. So if they can do a little bit of that against Palmeiras, I think they can definitely win. I mean, Palmeiras doesn't really scare me too much if I'm a Tigres fan. All right. All right. So now moving on to the last question. Why did Nacho Ambriz have more success with Leon than Necaxa or America? Um, I think it, it all it all comes from context. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe what he found that Leon was just the perfect combination of talent, of patience, of of work ethic, of everything. Um, you know, he 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 was there at America. I think he did something nice with them. And, you know, Necaxa as well, obviously not what he's been doing at Leon, but I think it all comes down to context and details. If, if, if a team gives patience to, to a coach, if that coach is able to have good chemistry with the players and they work on it uh, for a long time and with hard work, they're, they're, they're always going to be fine. So I think that's what he found at Leon and, and that's why he's more successful there. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's definitely a good point right there. Because for me, it's definitely that longevity, you know, because I think it's it's not, you know, out of the ordinary to see, you know, coaches have limited amount of times with teams. You know, he had around a year with America, around a year with Nekaksa. But with Leon, I mean, he's literally been given like more games to coach with the team than any other managerial gig that he's had in Liga Mekis. And that gives him time to develop his ideas, to fine tune them and to really create an identity. Because sometimes... You know, as much as I like to say I'm like an expert of the league, you know, sometimes I'll be writing previews, I'll be watching a game, and I'll think like, oh, what's this team's tactics? And it takes me a little bit to kind of think about it, you know, because like, for example, like Puebla, I mean, I know we talked about Larcamon and he's he's sitting back a little bit, but it also took me a few weeks to really figure that out because it was a new manager, it was a new system, it was someone new who stepped in. But with Leon, like, if you were to ask like someone who's a you know even a casual Liga Mekis fan about Leon's style, like they might have an idea just because he's had enough time to implement those ideas, and it wasn't just you know in his like attack-minded style, but towards their championship run, you know it was it was really impressive to see how he made them defensively organized as well, and just how well they transitioned to that defensive setup when needed. So it's for me, it was just given that. He was, he was given the, the full amount of time to really implement those ideas. And it's it's really cool to see. And like we've, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, teams got to be patient with their with their managers to really develop an identity and a system and to really create, you know, like a character for the team as opposed to, I don't know, giving them a, a season and a half. Because that, that's, I feel like you see that frequently. They don't qualify for the playoffs. And then they fire them when they're when they have like five bad games next season. Then they hire someone new, give them the season. They don't qualify for the playoffs. Hire fire them the next season after about like a few bad games. And you see that frequently, and it it really really bothers me. So it's 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 really cool to see, you know, the, the patience that that both Leon and Ambris had for you know to really build their their project. Yeah, I was I was looking at an interview from Marcos Reina, who's been Paco Palencia's assistant for for a few mm-hmm. with. With well, with all of his teams in in Liga MX, and he was saying something like, you know, the 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 president or the the owners of the clubs just look at the numbers like, uh, yeah. red red, uh, yellow red. <laughs> Let's fire this guy. They don't look yeah. at the context. They don't know if if twenty players were injured. They they don't care if we're losing, if we're tying. Doesn't matter how we're playing. I want him out. And and that's what it all comes down to: context in 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 all the situations, patience, hard work chemistry i mean obviously liga mekis 
uh, doesn't let you kind of be super patient because you need to qualify and all that and and the sh- and the shortened seasons. But you know when you give the the, the coach patience like Leon did with Nacho Ambriz, you get those type of results. And you know they obviously capped it off with a title last semester. Agreed. Agreed. Well, great stuff, Patrick. Uh, really quickly, uh, if any anybody uh, did get a chance to to hear that earlier today, uh, where could they follow you and your work? Yeah, you can follow me at Tsunami Picks, literally Tsunami and then P-I-X. Uh, can I, actually, can I ask you really quickly, what's the what's the reasoning behind that username? I've always I've always wanted to ask you. I, I, I couldn't just like send you a DM and be like, hey, sup, man? What's with the username? Like, I can't just do that. But now that we've been talking for a bit, I can ask. Like, what's what's with the yeah. – like, I've always wanted to know about that. Well, it, it started like a kind of – there's like an inside – not inside joke, but just with, with friends and family um, – it's I don't know if I could say it. it's like it's not safe for work and it's <laughs> uh, the, 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 the initial meaning. But at the end of the day is like, I don't know, even know. Can I say it in Spanish? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, it, let's just say if, if there are any kids listening, just like mute it for like 10 seconds or something. <laughs> OK, it's it's like a, it's it's una v, like the V word. OK, uh, OK me peaks because my nickname is peaks so <laughs> this guy is cool whatever and it and it, it just fasted it you know if you say it fast tsunami peaks and it was like ah, right. oh, tsunami peaks and that that's literally <laughs> it but it's just like a, an inside joke like where somebody does something cool or does or i don't know whatever it's just like ah, oh, tsunami cesar and and that's what how it came about <laughs> okay 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 i always wondered why i was like i was like i don't know because like I guess mine's like so boring. It's like Sasserage football. I'm like, oh, I don't know. That's kind of lame. But anyway, that's that's where you can follow you and your work. And then, uh, have you been doing any uh, anything else? I know you were talking about Rialdos ninety. You're doing some stuff with, uh, obviously, with your with your day job with BN Sports. I see you're doing a few other podcasts as well. It seems like you're quite busy. Yeah, um, podcasts are, have definitely taken over my life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Rayos 90, of course. And then I, I'm doing the MLS Sin Muros. So it's MLS in Spanish. If you guys want to follow more MLS, we got you covered in in, this, in, in Spanish. Uh, and then, yeah, a few more podcasts with um, with some with the tiempo de punto com we got one that's called big and tall we got one that's called tendiendo la cama it's obviously uh sports related the big and tall one is more like a in a comedic side and i don't even know what else i got going on but yeah if if you follow me on twitter you'll you'll find out everything i i obviously post everything there all right excellent stuff so that's it for us thanks to patrick thanks to listeners and thanks to producer amy for posting these online Don't forget to give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to connect with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Mech Soccer Show and on Instagram at The Mexican Soccer Show. Thanks again. And until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. See you guys around.